Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 216. This is our Love is in the Air episode for 2022. Before we get started, we want to remind you that you can find us on social media at Unabridged Pod. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we're on Twitter. So we would love for you to get in touch with us on social media, start a conversation. We have lots of buddy reads and things that happen on Instagram. So We are very active and would love to hear from you. Before we get started with our main discussion, we are going to do our bookish check-in. Ashley, what are you reading? So one book that I just started today is Casey McQuiston's One Last Stop. This one I have shared on the pod before that I absolutely loved Casey McQuiston's Red, White, and Royal Blue. I am a huge fan of that and... Just, yeah, absolutely loved that romance. is one of my favorite reads. And so I wanted to get back to their work. And this one has really grabbed my attention. I've only at the very beginning because, again, I just started today. But I love it so far. It's the story of August. And she is from Louisiana. She has a tight-knit relationship with her mom. But she's gone all the way to New York City and is trying to make her way on her own there. And she doesn't have much of a plan when she gets there. So right at the beginning of the story, you see her meeting with a potential roommate. And she's trying to navigate finding a space to live. She needs a job. She's taking classes. She doesn't really, she just doesn't have much of a game plan when she gets there. And she gets lucky, it seems, with her rooming situation and right away lucks out on, it's a couple who are both seem great and are kind of unusual. And then another single person and he predominantly is kind of a night owl. And so they don't see him as often. So I'm really charmed by the characters right away. I really am enjoying getting to see August and learn a little bit about her. But Myla and Nico are the people that she's living with. And they're both really charming. He is a psychic. And, you know, August doesn't quite know what to think about that. But she feels like it's kind of ridiculous. But she's also feels like he does kind of get this reading on people. So her perception is that perhaps he's just really good at sensing other people's kind of, you know, learning about them quickly, being really aware of details, and that that's how he pulls off the psychic gig. And then Myla is an artist. She's She's just kind of quirky, but really charming. And so I think right away, and then we see the mysterious night guy where I'm just now starting <laughs> to see him, but he seems really sweet too. He, When she first sees him, he is fixing the hinge on her door so that it won't squeak anymore. And so she realizes that he kind of does these things around the place to make everybody feel more at home. And there's a sweet dog, which everybody knows I'm always here for. And so, yeah, I really am loving that. And then she gets a job at this kind of mysterious diner 
that she falls into because of Nico and Mila, who kind of shove her into <laughs> the job. And that all is great. And then also the last part that I see right here at the beginning is there is a mysterious and very lovely girl that she sees frequently on the train. We find out her name is Jane. And the first time that they... The first time she meets her, she realizes she's kind of made a mistake because she's never going to see her again. So she's always she's always thinking about the subway girl and wishing that she had connected with her. But it turns out that their commute is pretty similar. And so they actually do cross paths a lot. And so I am really interested in the way it's taking shape. I've seen mixed reviews about this one. I think it is quite different from Red, White, and Royal Blue as far as just like the tone and the style and what the characters are like. But I'm here for it. I'm really loving it so far. And I really love Casey McQuiston. So again, that's Casey McQuiston with One Last Stop. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Did you read that one? I haven't yet. I pre-ordered it and just have not picked it up yet. And I'm not sure, no, for no good reason, but I just haven't yet. So, yeah, that makes me want to start it soon. I had mixed feelings about it. So, uh, I'm interested to see what Ashley's final review is. It's, I didn't hate it by any stretch, but I just, I'll be interested to see the final, the final review. Well, and Red, White, and Royal Blue is so good. Well, I, think, I feel like that's. Yeah. So far, this one's very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that that part seems... There's a lot more about August and her mom, and there's a really complicated backstory there. And so I can see that the the focus feels different yeah. than mm-hmm. it did in the other one. So, yes. Jen, what are you reading? So this is something that I talked about on our reading challenge episode. I am undertaking this challenge to read Austin's six major novels in 2022. And so I'm in the midst of the first, Sense and Sensibility. I'm reading them in publication order with an amazing group of buddy readers. So I'm really excited about that. So yeah, Sense and Sensibility, you may know the story, but it focuses on two sisters, Eleanor and Marianne Dashwood. And... They are really sweet. They are very, very different. So Eleanor is the oldest and she is very practical and just very, she likes to get things done. She takes care of a lot of things around the house. Marianne takes after their mother and she is incredibly emotional and just impulsive and really quite different from Eleanor. Early in the story, their father dies and they have an older half-brother who, because it's England at the time that it is, inherits their home and their property. And at first, the three, so there are three daughters. They have a younger sister as well. But the three girls and their mother think that he may let them stay there, or at least he might give them a good chunk of his inheritance to help support them. And then it becomes very clear that between him, John Dashwood, and his wife, they are probably, they're getting kicked out of their home, and they are not going to have much money at all. And so they take advantage of an offer from one of their mother's kind of distant relatives and they go stay with that family. And yeah, things are unspooling from there. There is some romance in this one, but early on in the book, it's really about this family and their plight. And you see the gender roles that took place in England at the time really coming into play. It is very frustrating early on that these women are treated so poorly by their relative who just thinks he's the greatest guy ever. He's very entitled, but 
He has all of these great intentions, but never follows through. But because he has good intentions, he feels like he's this great guy. And yeah, so we've been having some really enthusiastic and impassioned conversations <laughs> about that part of the book. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I do know the story. I love the movie of this one as well. So I've read it before, but it's been a long, I looked it up on Goodreads. It's been like 20 years since I read the book. And I've seen the movie, but of course it skims over the surface more. So it's been nice to dive back into some Austin. Have you all read Sense and Sensibility? I have not. I have not either. Okay. You should read it, but also you should watch it because the movie with Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet and Alan Rickman is amazing. So it's really, really good. <laughs> anyway. Sarah, what are you reading? So I am reading Eva Jurgic's The Department of Rare Books and Special Collections. I really was interested in reading this book because it was compared to Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore. Mm. And I love that book. And I'm not super far into this one, but I'm really enjoying it so far. So this story follows Liesel. She is the assistant kind of director of a rare books and special collections department at a university. The head person has had a stroke and he is out of commission. So she's kind of having to take over for him. And when they... The, the department acquired a really valuable, I think it was like half a million dollars manuscript right before he had a stroke. And they, they put books that they acquire like that in a safe before they are insured so, so that the insurance company has time to write the insurance policy so that, so that they're insured if something would happen to them. So the thing is, is that she and the, the man who had a stroke, they both always know the combination, but that's it. Well, she called to remind it because she was on sabbatical. Whenever he received this, she was taking a one-year sabbatical to write her own book. And he received the document. He put it in the safe. He changed the combination. And then he had a stroke. And he is in the hospital and unresponsive mm, at the oh moment. So no one could get in the safe. And there, I'm not super far into it, but it's just like I'm getting the feeling that there's going to be some hijinks in terms of people trying to acquire some of the rare books in their department and that possibly there's some nefarious activity trying to get these valuable manuscripts and that she's going to be the heroine of the story. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not very far. I don't really know much about the book, but I just thought that the I love the cover and the name and I was just super interested to read it. And I'm really, really enjoying it. So I can't wait to report back when I'm finished. But it's, so far, I'm very intrigued. I really love Liesl. She has a really interesting life outside of the rare books department. And then I think that that, I, th I think it's really interesting how it's like really a stature symbol for universities mm -hmm. to acquire these manuscripts. And I had no idea really about any of that. And it's just really interesting what they place value on and I'm just really enjoying it. You know, I love books. So I like to read books about books. So, uh -huh. so far I really am enjoying it. So that is Eva Jurgic's the department of rare books and special collections. That sounds so good. Oh, that does. That sounds awesome. I hadn't heard of that one, Sarah. It sounds so good. So I do want to thank the publisher actually sent it to me because I requested it when NetGalley all right, we are going to move on to our main discussion. And as you all know, this is our an annual episode for us. We always do a February episode talking about some of our favorite romances that we've read so that this can gear you up for Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or whatever you celebrate <laughs> in the month of February. 
And I think we will start with Jen. What is your recommendation? So I am recommending Jasmine Guillory's While We Were Dating. And if you're familiar with Guillory, you know that she has this series that began with a wedding date. And it's a bunch of romances that do stand alone well. So you could definitely start with this one and be okay. But they're also interconnected. So characters from previous books drop in. Sometimes these are relatives of characters from previous books. And I always like that in a romance series, that feeling of familiarity. And you see couples who you were happy got together in the last book come back. Anyway, but this one focuses on Ben Stevens, who is in advertising. And he has this huge campaign And he is basically at this pitch meeting for a a movie star named Anna Gardner. And he is really hoping that they can convince her to be a part of his ad campaign. Well, she comes to the pitch meeting. And so she is black. And Ben is the only person of color in the room on the committee. And initially, people are just sort of brushing him aside. He'll try to make a comment during the pitch. And the rest of his team really sort of diminishes him. But she really likes his ideas. And so she basically says she'll do it if he can be in charge. And so he gets the ad campaign. They go on this glamorous shoot and they really like each other. Well, she is trying to sort of boost her public image. And one way that she feels like she can do that is if Ben is in the picture. So this is a bit of a fake dating trope, which I do enjoy very much. (laughs) And yeah, so of course, I mean... You, you know where this is going. But the journey to get there is fabulous because Guillory has a real touch with characters. I think she does such a nice job creating characters with rich backstories who are very complicated people. And sometimes they make mistakes and they take things from their past and they let that affect the way that they see each other. So I just really like their journey. I feel like she really creates people who feel real within the books. And then the romance, even though you know the way it's going to end, the journey to see how it ends that way is really sweet. So yeah, I would recommend any book in this series, but I have to say I really enjoyed While We Were Dating, which is book six in the Wedding Date series. So if you haven't started it, there's tons there for you to dive into. I really like The Wedding Date and I've read a couple of the other in that series and I just I I think she does a really good job of developing relationships that you root for so I really like those yeah I agree Ashley what is your pick so I did read a lot of romance in 2021 and I talked a little bit about that on some of our kind of reflection episodes in January but one of the ones that I read toward the end of the year that I shared on a bookish check-in not too long ago is Allie Hazelwood's The Love Hypothesis. Woohoo! <laughs> this is one that was heavily recommended, largely by Jen, as you can tell from the cheering. <laughs> and I said before in the check-in that I did purchase this one outright, which I don't do very often, but I got it on my Kindle because I just really wanted to read it and I wanted to read it right then. And that was great. And I did love it. I did share the some of the plot not long ago, so I'm going to give a quick summary. But basically, in the beginning, Olive is a PhD student. She We see all of the struggles that relate to that. So we really see how she's struggling for funding. She's struggling to have the equipment that she needs to be able to do the experiments that she wants to conduct. And she's looking for ways to 
get better equipment so that she can do better experiments. So we see all of that struggle, which I really appreciated in the book. And then the other thing is that right at the beginning, she has a beloved best friend who she's told that she's dating someone. And she told her because she wants the friend to, de- to get together with Jeremy, this person she dated, but like very briefly and does not feel any attachment to. She's, she's trying to convince her friend on that it's no problem for her to date this guy. And so she backs herself into a corner with this lie about how she's dating somebody. And then she says she's out on a date. She's not. She's working in the lab. (laughs) And so then when her friend walks by, she feels like she has to prove that she is, in fact, dating. (laughs) And so... The next thing we know, she has propelled herself onto a man who is in the lab and kissed him (laughs) rather abruptly, and chaos ensues. So that's the premise, and I think it's really sweet. I mean, I just think all that works really well, and I do feel like Hazelwood addresses how that is really problematic, Mm -hmm. and they, they... give a lot of commentary about Title IX and, you know, the fact that she's assaulted this guy who turns out to be a professor and not just a professor, but also <laughs> one who has is known for his very bristly personality. So we see that. And the other thing is in the very opening scene, before she's even a student there, we get this glimpse of her having this encounter with someone that she couldn't see because she was wearing expired contacts, because again... <laughs> impoverished and so she's wearing expired contacts she can't see the guy but he's giving her this advice and so that is important down the road too so you have these two like opening scenes that just really made me love her as a character because I felt for her and I could imagine how one gets oneself into these circumstances (laughs) that seem impossible and yet chaos unfurls because suddenly you've gotten yourself there. So I related to a lot of that, probably more than I would want to. And so I love that. But then from there, she and Adam is the professor, and they decide that fake dating is a good option for both of them. So it's good for her because she gets to continue to show the friend that this is like a real thing (laughs) because the kiss in the lab was not very convincing. And... It's good for him because he's trying to prove that he's not going anywhere. And so he feels like the department is withholding funding because they feel like he could leave at any time. He's extremely successful. So they feel like somebody's going to poach him. And because of that, they're like holding back. And so I thought all of that worked really great and was really fascinating. But the other part of the book and why I wanted to highlight it is that I think that it also shows what it is like for Olive as a young woman scientist and how hard it is for her is how hard it is in the PhD program, how difficult all of that is, but also how open to scrutiny she is and how insecure she is in part because of the scrutiny she receives. So it's just, you really see why, even though she's amazing at what she does, she's so doubtful about herself and her abilities. And that shows up in a lot of different ways in the story. And I just loved all of that Mm -hmm. because I felt like It's this beautiful romance story. It's a lot of fun. I'm always here for fake dating. That's one of the tropes I really like. And so I think because I think it involves a lot of hijinks, which I usually (laughs) find funny. And so I think all of that is happening. But also you have this older professor who sees how remarkable Olive is and knows how great she is for the field. So like he likes her, but he also just respects her and admires her 
as he should. And yet she can't understand that that could possibly be true. And I think that all that just makes a lot of sense and really shows what it can be like to be a young woman in a field that is largely men and trying to find your way and prove yourself and how easy it is to fall into self-doubt and how easy it is to get into vulnerable situations or situations where you're getting manipulated. And I don't want to reveal anything, but I just felt like there were some, with no spoilers, I feel like there were some very real life things that happen in the book. So even though it is funny and it's happy and a lot of great things happen, there's also some hard stuff that Olive works her way through. And I felt like all of that rang really true as to what it's like in academia, what it can be like for a young woman. And so I just loved it. I thought it was really great. I thought it was richly told and was both a lot of fun and made me feel really happy, but also hit on a lot of important topics. So again, that one is Allie Hazelwood's. The love hypothesis. That's still, that's on my TBR. You are going to love it. I love (laughs) it so much. And I'm so excited because Hazelwood is releasing three novellas and a second novel this year, which I have pre-ordered all of. So (laughs) so I'm all in. (laughs) That's awesome, man. It's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Sarah? What's your pick? So I am so excited about this book. I just adored it. And this is Jenny Bayless's. A Season for Second Chances. Last year, she released a book called The Twelve Dates of Christmas, which I read and really enjoyed. And this one I loved even more. What I liked about this is it centers on Annie Sharp. She is a very successful chef, and she runs a really successful uh, restaurant with her husband, And the story opens with Annie closing up the restaurant and heading home. And her husband texts and says that he's going out for a beer with some friends. And then she's just getting ready to leave the, getting ready to leave. And she hears some, some noise in the dining room because she's way back in the kitchen. She runs the kitchen. So she goes out to the dining room and she sees her husband having, sex with a member of the staff Mm. and so what and like kind of what unfurls from there what you learn is that you know he has been a kind of a serial cheater and she just has been resigned because they own this business together they have twins together who are now grown and out of the house and what I loved about this book is Annie is in her um early to mid 40s so, and what I like about this book is it it kind of shows that something like that can happen and your life isn't over. Mm-hmm. Like, you can find another way and you can make a fresh start. So, what she does is she moves to, she, she just feels like she needs to have some time away from him because they're so entangled in the business and, and you know, their marriage. So, she finds this ad for a guardian for a seaside apartment for the winter, just for the winter months. And so she decides to look into it. And basically what it is, is it's not a paid position, but you get to live there and for free. And so that's like the perfect thing. Cause she just needs something short term and she, she moves there. And then this amazing community embraces her and it's just such a lovely story and the secondary characters are amazing and and there is there are so many laugh out loud moments there is an elderly 
sexually awakened lady who named Maeve, who <laughs> is a hoot. And just like, there were some, some parts where even though I was listening to it, I just needed to laugh. I felt like I needed to cover my eyes, but also <laughs> I was laughing out loud. And I mean, it was just great. Like, I, I really love this. It's going to be one of my top books of the year. It's like perfect book, perfect time. It has a lot of heart. And again, like, I like having this protagonist who is not in her 20s mm-hmm. and is not just starting out. And she has lived a life and she's trying to figure her way in her second, kind of her second life almost because she what she has known for so long for 28 years has ended and now she needs to find her own way and I just really loved all that it's a lot about relationships between women and like supporting each other but then there there is a romance component which is amazing it's just it's great and I similar to what Jen said about the author of the love hypothesis I have learned that anything Jenny Bayless Mm. puts out I'm gonna read she and she's also she's a British author I love I love that British humor and I love all the words that are different from what we read in American English and I just love it all and the the audio was amazing it's definitely I mean five stars for me I loved it so that is Jenny Bayless's A Season for Second Chances I cannot wait to read that book (laughs) I bought it after you raved about it and yeah so it's just waiting on my Kindle yay I can't wait I I need someone to read it I have like I've told you all about it I've told my mom and sister about it I need someone to. there's this particular scene that I need to just (laughs) laugh about with someone (laughs) but it's like I don't want to give it away so I don't want to describe it so I'm waiting anxiously for someone to read it (laughs) all right well we hope that you have at least gotten some books to add to your love is in the air TBR because we have enjoyed talking about them we would love for you to contact us on social media and give us your recommendations for this category because because as if you've been listening this year you know we have all become romance fans (laughs) even even some of us that weren't before now we're we're all in on the romance so we love to have recommendations And um, we'll be posting on social media about it. And you can just respond with your recommendations. Before we end, we are going to end with a give me one. And it is your tip. I'm just laughing because I don't know if I have a good tip. But but our give me one is tip to beat the winter blues. Ashley? (laughs) I did just now. I... First of all, listeners, we are recording together, which is very exciting. This is the first time in a long time. So then I was like, oh, no, I need to see what the Give Me One is. And then I saw that. And I thought, huh, I should have thought about that. <laughs> I think that I am going to go with hot tea. I have kind of reignited my love for hot tea this winter and have just found it really comforting. And I've been enjoying it at night in the evening sometimes. And then also I've been making it more during the day. And that, that has been, I don't know if it entirely beats the winter blues but it has been an aid in that mission so there you go awesome how about you jen for me i would say light as much light as possible so we have a lot of windows in our house but we do close the blinds every night and sometimes in the morning it's an effort to make myself open all of them which i know sounds supremely lazy but it's just a reality. But I find that if I just open all the blinds and get in some sunlight, I feel so, so much better, which is really in the winter right now. <laughs> I really need that. So, yeah. What about you, Sarah? 
I discovered this year a workout program called Boxing and Bubbles, which if you get our our newsletter, which you can sign up for on our website, I wrote about it a month or two ago for the mid-month newsletter for my monthly favorite. And what I love about that is it's all boxing, kickboxing, and I have just realized that I just really enjoy punching and kicking, and I recently got a bag that I can actually punch and kick. And for me, like, I, the winter is really hard for me. Like, I, I don't like the short days. I don't like the darkness. I don't really like the cold weather that much anymore, especially as I get older. I used to love winter, but as I get older, I'm like, I'm just, I don't like this at all. <laughs> and so I have found that going downstairs and punching and kicking that bag, it relieves some tension and it makes me feel better. And exercise for me always makes me feel better. Mm. So so the exercise and the punching and kicking is a winning combination combination <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, we want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Unabridged. Again, please hit us up on social media and let us know your recommendations for some of your favorite romances for this month. And we thank you for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Unabridged.